Welcome to the audio channel of Dr. Sadaf. Preach Christ, teach the Bible, make disciples. So church, as we continue to march through the book of Psalms, I will ask everyone to please stand and turn to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, as we will first pray and then read the word of God. Let us pray. And now we humble ourselves before God Almighty, whose grace has gifted us and whose love has saved us. Patiently now we wait for thee. Your word is a lamp to our paths and a light to our feet. May the Holy Spirit strengthen his servant to deliver a word of power so that many to Jesus will come and meet. Amen. So Psalm 1, verses 1 to 6, the NASB says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Please be seated. So church, last time in The Way, part two, we answered two questions. We answered, what is the secret to prayer that transforms lives? And we answered, what is the key to spiritual growth? In today's sermon, June 18th, 2017, in the sermon titled, The Tree, I'm going to answer one question, but give you three distinct answers to the same question. So this sermon called The Tree is going to answer the question, how do you know your faith is authentic? This sermon is going to answer the question, how do you know your faith is authentic? And our focus is going to be exclusively on Psalm 1, verse 3. So let's dive right in. We already talked about the blessed person and what they do not do and what they do. And Psalm 1, verses 1 to 2, describes the character traits of the blessed person. It tells us what they do. It tells us what they do not do. It tells us they're someone who meditates on the law of God day and night. Now in Psalm 1, verse 3, it's going to expound upon that idea. It has a parallel way of saying the same thing in a different way. So what does Psalm chapter 1 verse 3 say? It says, he. Who is he? He is the blessed person. He is the person who, who turns away from the way of the wicked and who meditates on God's law day and night. What is he like? He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in everything he does, he prospers. Let's dissect this verse. The blessed person is like a tree that is planted. 
Trees never plant themselves. In the same way, sinful people never plant themselves into God's kingdom. The blessed person is like a tree that is planted. Our theme verse this morning from 2 Timothy chapter 1 said we are saved according to whose purposes? God's purposes. Because he is the tree planter that takes us from a tree being lost, that takes us from a tree being wild, that takes us from a tree left to its own devices and plants us in the soil that he has preordained. A tree that is planted reveals to us that salvation is a function of the marvelous grace, the marvelous love, the marvelous unmerited favor of God. A planted tree is visited by a caretaker. A planted tree has a caretaker that digs a place for it. A planted tree has a caretaker that tends to the waters around it and clears away debris. A planted tree is the object of special care. A wild tree, in contrast, is left to its own devices. I want you to write two words down in your Bible next to Psalm 1, verse 3. Two words. Special providence. One more time. Special providence. When you are a tree that is planted, you are the object of special providence. Check this out. You could be a wild tree. You could spend your entire life rejecting God and everything Jesus has done for you. But in spite of that, you still get to live in God's time. You get to breathe God's air. You get to enjoy God's sunsets. And you get to drink God's water. That's general providence. That's God, generally speaking, giving every human being grace, providing for every human being. But when you are a tree that is planted by God, you are now the recipient of special providence because you have a caretaker that takes special care for you. You are God's tree that he planted in his soil by streams of water. Special providence. Now, what is the clearest explication of that in your day-to-day life? The blessed person is like a tree. This is a person who meditates on the word of God. They study God's word. They want to know about him and what he says. So special providence tells us how God responds to our prayers. James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. John 9.31 says, God does not listen to sinners. Special providence, general providence. Listening to our prayers, not listening. Now someone's thinking something. They say, that sounds mean. That sounds unfair. That doesn't sound like a really nice God. Well, let's break this down. If you are a sinner and you pray to God and he doesn't react... Do you know what else God does in the 90% remainder of your life when you're sinning and rejecting his law and turning away from his holiness? God doesn't react. 
which works in your benefit because that is general providence. But a tree that is planted is the recipient of special care and therefore special providence. A blessed person is like a tree that is planted by streams of water. Not streams, singular. Not a brook or a body of water that fills up during the rainy season and then becomes dry. By streams, plural, of water, there's a redundancy. There's an overabundance of supply. Streams of water refers to an ancient way of farming, where farmers used to dig what are called rivulets, Trenches in the water that are side by side by side by side. And in between the rivulets, you would plant a tree. And what did this do? This ensured that if one source of water failed, you had multiple other sources of water to give life and nourishment to that tree. So when you are a tree planted by streams, plural, of water, You are being planted by a very meticulous caretaker who ensures you will always have a source of life. And a planted tree never forgets its blessed position, that it was planted by a person in a specific place for a specific reason to serve a specific purpose. A tree that is planted, therefore, never forgets Who put it in that position? God. A tree that is planted by streams of water has God at the gravitational center of its universe. Now, when a tree is planted, what does it do? I'm going to tell you. A planted tree grows roots. And what do roots do? I'm going to tell you, roots are going to give that tree an anchor, number one, and number two, a system of nourishment. This is important. Write that down. When a tree is planted, it grows roots. Roots do two things. They provide, number one, an anchor and a system of nourishment. So a planted tree grows roots. And roots serve as an anchor. What does that mean? That means when God plants a tree and it grows roots and has an anchor, that it can't go anywhere. It can't move. Because it's a tree that's planted, which grows roots, which means it has an anchor. It means you lose mobility but you gain stability. Wait a minute. How does, how does this apply to 2017? I'm going to tell you how. You could be a man who has lots of mobility. And you go from woman to woman to woman. You could be a person. I'm preaching about real life here. There's no games. You could be a person who goes to church service in different churches, the first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday, fourth Sunday. You have lots of mobility. You could have 10 part-time jobs when you're per diem everywhere. You're mobile. 
You express your libertarian free will. Look at all the options I have. You have all of this mobility. But what you don't have is stability, because that's what an anchor does. It gives you stability. When you are freely mobile, and a tree flapping around in the wind, and the wind of adversity comes, what happens? Your tree is cast into the sea, never to be heard from again, because you don't have any stability. If you get sick, and you don't have a strong woman by your side, you don't have anyone to go to, because you don't have any stability. If you become unwell, and do not have a stable church family already in place that's going to get down on their knees and pray for you. You don't have any stability. Because a tree that is firmly planted by streams of water grows roots, and those roots give you an anchor. And what people fail to realize is that an anchor protects you. Because guess what? A tree with, ro with no roots, what doesn't have an anchor, guess what it can't do? It can't grow. Yeah. A tree with no roots and therefore no stability is a dead tree. Yeah. Mobility is never going to give your tree life. You have to plant yourself. It doesn't matter if it's in your, your marriage, if it doesn't matter if it's in your church, it doesn't matter in your job. You have to be a valuable member of the team and grow some roots. Because a tree that is planted grows roots, and roots provide an anchor. A tree grows roots, and roots also provide a system of nourishment. Let's get scientific. How do roots work? Roots dive into the ground, and they begin branching out like little capillaries, and they dig down deep into the soil and they suck up water, they suck up nutrients from the soil underneath, and they actually extract nourishment from the soil below them up into the base of the tree. And that's the tree's system of nourishment. That's how a tree stays alive. Now, if roots provide a system of nourishment, how does a tree's roots grow? And I already told you. In the last sermon, I said the blessed person is one who meditates on the Word of God. They chew over, they mull over, they spend time with God day and night. So when you meditate on the Word of God, what happens to your root system? It grows. And what happens when your root system grows? Now it goes deeper and deeper and deeper into the ground, and you begin to strike richer and deeper sources of nourishment that originally weren't there on the surface. Because what does Psalm tell us? The Psalm chapter 1 tell us. It says, the tree that is firmly planted has a leaf that does not wither. Wait a minute, time out. Real life makes no sense of this because you and I all live around New York, right? So in the winter time, what happens? Do leaves wither? Why do leaves wither? Because these are leaves that are now responding to the environment around them. They are formed and shaped by circumstances. But if you are a tree whose leaf does not wither, that means you have a source of life 
you have a system of nourishment, you have roots deep in the ground that will never allow your leaf to wither because you have a source of life which is no longer in response to the environment around you. Now you have, not, have life not because of circumstances, but in spite of circumstances. That means you are a special tree that you may be exposed to changing seasons, but you're not formed by those seasons. So I asked at the top, how do you know your faith is authentic? And here's the first answer. You have to check your roots. Because authentic faith has a system of nourishment that is God's word and is God's word alone. And when you dig your roots deep down and have a system of nourishment grounded in an anchor that has eternal weight and your roots reach down deep and grab a hold of the nails that were driven through Christ's wrists and feet, you're going to hold on and then he's going to hold on and never let go. And now you have an anchor that has eternal weight which can never be moved. We serve a God of glory. What does glory mean? Glory actually means weight. Do you know what that means? If you hold on to the weight of God, if you hold on to the glory of God which is immovable and unshakable, there is no circumstance in this world that can never move you or shake you when you're holding tight to the weight of God. So how do you know your faith is authentic? You check your roots because authentic faith is anchored in God and God alone and authentic faith has a system of nourishment that is God's word. Now let's dissect this a little bit more. If you are a Christian and you are a tree that is firmly planted by God, the tree planter, and you now experience a season of adversity when the environment around you goes dry, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Your tree now has two choices your tree that's firmly planted. You can either not grow your roots and the result is death of your tree because there's no moisture. But if you're going through adversity now and you begin digging deeper into the soil, you begin leaning on God's word more. You spend more time in your devotional life. You press and get the support system that is offered to you by our Lord and Savior. And you spend more and more time with God and more and more time with his word. What's now going to happen in seasons of adversity? Your roots are going to grow and grow deeper into the ground, giving you access to a system of nourishment that wasn't there before. So what does that tell us? That tells us when we are a tree firmly planted by streams of water and God permissively allows a season of adversity to happen, we now have two choices. We can either remain still and not lean on God more, not meditate in his word more, and the result is to perish. Or 
we can meditate on his word and dig our roots deeper, growing our roots and growing a more extensive root system that is more firmly anchored in God's word. What does that tell us? That means adversity now is a catalyst for us to grow our roots. And what happens when a tree grows its roots? It becomes a bigger tree. Adversity grows your roots. It's a catalyst for change. Prosperity actually does not have that effect. In seasons of high moisture, a tree will not have any incentive to grow its root system because the water is readily available. But in seasons of adversity, when a tree meditates and it sinks its roots deeper and deeper and deeper, that is God allowing the situation to happen to serve as a catalyst to grow our roots. And when we are a small tree or a medium-sized tree that now goes through something and we grow really big roots, now we're gonna be a really big tree. And guess what happens? If you're a tree that now has extra large roots and that same adversity happens again, do you know what happens? It's almost as if you're resistant to it because your roots have now gone deep, deep down into the soil and are drawing on rich, deep resources that other things don't have access to. So it's not only suffering, not only is suffering not for nothing when you are a servant of the Most High. Suffering actually grows your roots. Now I want to take a second right now to speak to someone who's going through a dry season. To speak to someone who's suffering. Because you're asking some very deep, probing questions. You're asking questions like, if God, why suffering? You're asking questions like, if God is good, why is he allowing this to happen to me? And there's nothing wrong in asking those questions. Because that just means you have a human heart with human blood pumping through your veins and your brain cells are firing. There's no sin in asking those critical questions. But here's the dilemma I want to I propose to you. If you are going through suffering and all you have left when you take a step back and analyze what's going on to you is a criticism or a critique of God where you have anger or bitterness or enmity in your heart against God, all you hold in your hand is criticism my question to you is, how does that actually help you to get through the suffering? See, criticism is never content. Only content is content. So what real people need when they're going through real suffering and going through real adverse times is a real God and a real Savior who has revealed to himself in his real word. If the only thing you have in your hand is a critique of God or an intellectual salt of the Messiah, what you have in your hand is a mist. It's a vapor. 
it's weightless, it has no content, it has no substance to actually get you through the hard times. Skepticism never equips you to actually endure real human suffering. And I have an insight for you. When you are suffering, life is trying to tell you that you are not in control. You know how I know that? Because if you were in control, you'd stop the suffering. Life has been preaching to you, trying to tell you there is something bigger. You were born not as a function of your own free will, but because of your parents. You're alive because you drink substances and nourish yourself with other things that give you life, like water, like breathing oxygen, like eating food. You're a human being, which means you're relational, which means you need a companion, you need a mate to make you whole, because by yourself, you're crazy. Life is dependent. Life is preaching to you, telling you something that you need a system of nourishment outside of yourself. And a tree that is firmly planted by God realizes one thing, that life rests in something greater than itself. A tree that is firmly planted is alive because it's supplied by things that's not itself the tree, doesn't, the tree is not self-existent. It can only be alive if it's planted somewhere, if it forms roots, and it digs those roots deep into the ground and is nourished by something other than itself. Because it's connected to something else, the waters of the planter. So here's the third answer to the question. How do you know your faith is authentic? Answer, check your roots, because adversity is going to tell you exactly who you are. When you are a tree that is firmly planted and you genuinely chase after God, you're going to grow your anchor, you're going to grow your roots, and you're going to dig deeper and actually grow. So not only is suffering not for nothing, but that adversity is actually going to grow your tree. A tree that is planted not only knows it has a source of life outside of itself, but it knows it's the recipient of special care. It knows it has anchored itself in the eternal weight of God. It knows it has a system of nourishment outside of itself. And in adversity, it does more than just get by. It does more than just make it out of it alive. It actually grows in the trials. Now I'm going to close by saying this. The tree that is firmly planted by streams of water is not like a natural plant that flourishes in natural soil. It is a spiritual tree planted by God that flourishes in spiritual soil, that has spiritual roots with a spiritual anchor and a spiritual system of nourishment. God is the tree planter who needed nothing. So the only thing that explains our, pure, our spiritual tree being planted is the hesed, the grace, the steadfast love of God. 
1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. When we are a tree that is firmly planted, we draw a system of nourishment from underneath us, and that word goes up into our trunks, and that life-giving nourishment now abides in us, and it permeates out to our branches. It comes out from our mouth. It comes out in our thoughts. It comes out in our speech. And the word within us that draws a system of nourishment grows our tree towards the sun. And that sun does two things. It provides light to illuminate our minds and allows us to see God's truth. It also gives us warmth so we can experience the love, the tenderness, and the loving kindness of God. The tree that is divinely planted must be divinely nourished. So how do you know your faith is authentic? You have to check your roots. And as we go home today, I want to encourage, I want to compel every single person hearing my words over the next seven days to look at yourself in the mirror and to consider your roots. I want you to ask yourself, what is it in your life that's non-negotiable? What's the thing you refuse to let go? And is that thing God? Because how do you know your faith is authentic? You have to check your roots. Because the blessed person is like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in everything that the blessed person does, he prospers. Deeper life, God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon by Dr. Sadafo. For more valuable content and resources, please visit wcsk.org.